Welcome to the OneSignal podcast, where we aim to educate listeners on product, industry, and best practices to retain and grow your audience. This is your host, Josh Wetzel. We've got a great guest today for you, Jordan Adler, OneSignal's head of developer engineering, to discuss the current state of Firebase cloud messaging, get into a little bit of the history of it. On that note, we appreciate you joining us today. Welcome to the OneSignal podcast, Jordan. Hey, thank you so much for having me. I'm, I'm excited to chat about Firebase. It's a product I love. Nice. As we jump in, can you define actually what is Firebase? I suspect a lot of people listening to this will have known, but what's Firebase? And then the follow-up question would be, what is Firebase cloud messaging? Yeah, so Firebase was a real-time database started sometime, I want to say around 2006, seven in that era. And it was acquired by Google a few years after that and turned into a full developer suite for mobile developers. So if you're a mobile developer and you want to get started super quickly, you can pull in the Firebase SDK and get just enough authentication, storage, database, and push notification functionality to get you going right away on Google Android is really kind of where Firebase shines. And is Firebase cloud messaging just an adjunct of that? Or is that another product that was acquired and plugged in? Yeah, that's a kind of a different story. So within the, the Firebase product suite, Google had developed something called Firebase Cloud Messaging, as well as Firebase Messaging Notification Composer, as well as Firebase In-App Messaging. So all three of those are kind of different products in the broader Firebase suite focused around messaging. The cloud messaging one predates the Firebase acquisition by Google. And prior to the acquisition, it was called Google Cloud Messaging. And it's kind of an important technical infrastructure for Google-flavored Android. And it doesn't work, by the way, with other kinds of Android like Amazon's Fire OS, which is an Android variant using Amazon's device messaging, or Huawei, for example, which uses Huawei mobile services, those are going to be different than the implementation that Google has with Firebase Cloud Messaging's API. And basically what that is, is it's a special rule inside the Android, the Google-flavored Android operating system that says, there is this server out there that can reach out to me, right? So it's like a, it's actually a kind of a constant polling. So what it does is it reaches out to that server every so often to say, hey, are there any more messages? And the reason that it does this is because Google wants to provide a way for Android developers to send data to the device. So you want to have a push-based communication channel into the device, but you don't necessarily want to make it so that every app has the ability to create a background service that's constantly polling some website. And so the idea is that if you centralize that cloud messaging, that push-based communication, which is you know critical for, for a mobile device to be able to do that. And the reason is because you're able to, to manage the resource utilization that the device has to do. So you're not sending as many communications out to different servers. You don't have to communicate you know, with NFL.com, with MLB.com. You can communicate instead directly to Google.com, right? And that will centralize all the communication for the device and act as a kind of final leg from the cloud to the phone. And that functionality used to be called Google Cloud Messaging. Post-acquisition was folded into that product suite and became what we now call Firebase Cloud Messaging. Okay. And I would assume, but correct me if I'm wrong, it's a combination of it protects battery life on the device because otherwise you'd be fetching and trying to send all the time. And then also probably monitors or manages throughputs for Google servers as well. Or is that separate? 
Yeah, there's a, there's a little bit of that to it. So it's mostly about battery life on the device and reducing the amount of communication network overhead from the cellular device to the Wi-Fi network, so, or sorry, the, the cellular network. So there's absolutely some network-related overhead compression. There's some battery-related optimization for sure. And then the other leg is definitely going to be about compressing the information kind of on the cloud side too. So you don't have all this volume coming in down to the device. Okay. Apple does the same thing, by the way. They use a, a system called Apple Push Notification Service for iOS devices. And I mentioned before, ADM for FireOS and, and HMS yeah. for Huawei. Let's just isolate the cloud messaging component that's required for messaging. Every app has to install Firebase cloud messaging, or they have to connect to it, whether they use Firebase for sending push notifications or not, because it's the endpoint to deliver the message down to Android devices. That's right, yeah. So if you're doing any kind of push-driven updates on your device, on your mobile app, you have to go through FCM to do it for Google Android. So it doesn't have to necessarily be push notifications. It can be things like if you're an email service and you want people to be able to get an update when they get a new email sent to them, but it doesn't have to necessarily trigger a notification. It just needs to like populate the inbox or something. You can choose to kind of set up a system using FCM to do that. Otherwise, you can only really pull and go out and fetch an update, right? Every 15 minutes, every 30 minutes, every 60 minutes, whatever. There's going to be a limitation that Android is going to impose on your app and it's not going to work all the time. So the only way to guarantee that you get a quote-unquote push-based update in the background is through Firebase Cloud Messaging API. Okay, so you've answered, partially answered my next question. Let me jump to why do companies use it more broadly for sending notifications and or in-app messages for both Android and iOS? Well, it was definitely the vision for the Firebase product suite to be able to support Android and iOS well. And they wanted to include, in addition to the database and the FCM API, which is much more of a Google Android specific functionality, they have something called the Notification Composer, which enables kind of, you know, a dashboard that enables you to communicate with and trigger a push notification to create a kind of workflow that helps mobile teams focus on growth and marketing and re-engaging customers. So there's it's part of a broader component within that suite of developer mobile developer tools that looks at engagement and re-engagement features. And so there's the, the Firebase cloud messaging, which gives you one API that you can hit, you know, Android and Google, APNS and FCM APIs to hit those devices and kind of abstract away the specifics for each of those systems. And then there's also the notification composer, which gives you a dashboard so you don't have to interact with your engineering team to implement the functionality of every push notification every time. There's something you can kind of get going with pretty quick and dirty to get some basic functionality running out the door right away. And there's a notion out there that FCM is free. Is it truly free? And is that a core reason why people use it? So Firebase has a free tier. And, you know, generally what Firebase does is it has a lot of different tools that play well with each other. So if you look at the FCM API in particular, there's no cost to using it as a mobile developer. You have to use it to communicate with Google Android devices. However, when you start using Firebase Cloud Messaging, that notification composer and other functionality of these re-engagement tools within the Firebase suite, 
They may not have prices specifically for sends or things like that, but when you start adding images, for example, that's going to integrate with Firebase hosting, and that will expose you to usage-based pricing on Firebase hosting. And there's a few other gotchas like that. So it's important if you're thinking about setting up a kind of communication engagement workflow with your customers in your mobile app, that you're thoughtful about how that might impact the pricing, not just on the specific APIs you're going to be targeting, but on the way that you're actually going to be using it and the way in which your utilization of other Firebase and Google Cloud and Google Analytics resources will increase as a consequence, maybe an unintended consequence. Yeah, okay. So it's a great mobile developer framework. They found some avenues where they do charge, for example, using images or doing more advanced analytics or specifically querying, like if you push the data into BigQuery as an example. Is that fair? Probably the summary of it? Yeah, I mean, I think if you look at the Firebase suite overall, you know, the, the cornerstones of it are Firebase Analytics, which is a kind of mobile-focused Google Analytics. Yep. You have the Firebase Storage, which is a kind of access to Google Cloud Storage. And then you have Firebase's database. There's two flavors of that, one called Firestore, the other called Real-Time Database. Um, and, but the, you know, those components are parts of Google Cloud Platform's core services and core offering and, and Google Analytics as well. And what Firebase offers is a mobile-first interface to those products. And the rest of the Firebase suite exists to help round that out and support the utilization of those resources. So when you're, when you're using Firebase free tier functionality, you're one step closer to using these, these databases, these analytics tools, these storage, cloud storage tools that in turn will build up the utilization over time to beyond the free tier and begin to cost money. And that's, that's part of what you're, you know, that's part of the bargain of, of a free tier Firebase. And, and that's, you know, true with any kind of, you know, free tier product. Uh, OneSignal, for example, also has a free tier, works really great. Our focus is not on hosting. It's not on storage. It's not on that functionality. We focus on messaging and customer engagement. And so our pricing model exposes a free tier that's truly free, that gets you that complete MVP experience of customer engagement on a mobile first kind of way without kind of acting as an on-ramp onto some other kind of feature. And our, our pricing model reflects that for sure. Yeah. Well said. Thank you, Jordan. When you think about the state of the cloud messaging product today, where is it at? And what would be the concern if you were somebody who is building an app today or currently using FCM for the full suite of sending notifications? Yeah. If you're in an engineering decision-making capacity and you're thinking about, hey, I need to start a mobile app today and I want to outsource a part of what I'm doing to a vendor company to help me build quicker so I can focus on just the things that are important to my startup, my business, what I'm trying to achieve. That's a great attitude to take. And it's an important strategy to be able to move quickly. Firebase exposes lots of tools and lots of functionality to help you get there. And it's very easy to bring that in and take that uh, Firebase cloud messaging and the Firebase cloud messaging, uh, the notification composer and in-app messaging functionality as part of that and get some functionality right away. But what you're missing out on is the fact that that part of the product suite is not a focus for Google. And the feature releases that have occurred in the past four years, for example, you know, are nowhere near the kinds of annual investment that they have been doing in, in the years prior. So I, I think very much from a 
infrastructure decision-making process, if, if I'm going to take a part of what I'm doing and trust not just a team in my company to do it, but I want to have a team outside of my company to do it, you're better off picking the team that's going to focus on that problem. And that's not what we're seeing when it comes to Firebase messaging within the Firebase suite. Their focus is elsewhere. And that makes sense for them. They're, they're not really a messaging or customer engagement product. They're a, they're a mobile backend as a service that really helps you get cloud and analytics going quickly uh, and brings in all of these other developer tools as part of a suite of functionality that helps entice adoption uh, and provide something of value to get you going right away, but not necessarily something that's going to let you make the most of that infrastructure. If you choose to go forward with just that free tier and not take advantage of all the functionality that competitors to Firebase that are focusing in this space are doing, then you're going to lose out as a company and your competitors are going to be more aggressive in growth than you are. They want to use the best in class tools. And if you're not the one doing that, you're going to suffer as a consequence. What are examples that you're seeing that drive the kind of the sense that they're not investing in it? Are there things you've seen in support or what would you highlight there? You know, there's a few things I could point to is just kind of quantifications of, of that assessment. And, and one I would look at is, you know, look at their blog posts. Go to Firebase blog, look at their feature releases, see where they are. You know, we had a, a blog post written up on the OneSignal website recently where we did this analysis. And what we found was that, like I said, in the past four years, from 2019 to 2022, they've released seven new blog posts, right, tagged with cloud messaging. In 2018, that was eight, right? In 2017, that was six. In 2016, that was five. So they had, you know, ramped up their investment in, in cloud messaging, and that's mostly been kind of in a maintenance state. And you can see as new versions of iOS come out, for example, they're not jumping on top of the new functionality that's out there. They're lagging behind a little bit. So that would be another kind of thing you can think about. As soon as some upstream feature comes out, how quickly does Firebase react? So you can quantify that. And another quantification is just, What's the level of reliability when they have outages on Firebase cloud messaging? How quickly do they resolve it? And compare that to other vendors as well as other products inside of Google or even inside of the Firebase suite. And I think you'll see that there's less of a focus on the messaging part of the Firebase suite, which again, makes a lot of sense from, from Google's perspective. Yeah. We've also seen it, as you mentioned, in support, not, not fixing problems. We've seen it, just to add a flavor here, with the Google Cloud partnership. So OneSignal is now part of the Google Cloud marketplace. The reps talk about it on the Google Cloud side as this is exciting because they don't have engagement solutions for the mobile-focused customers on the platform. Um, and they're not including FCM, which, which tells us there's a a lack of education and or support internally there. And I would venture a guess, by the way, that they're working with Cloud Store, that they are working with analytics, right? They are working with yes. other parts of the Firebase suite. This is just not a, this is not the crown jewel of the Firebase product suite. Yeah, it's a good clarification. What's your prediction for the state of FCM, and specifically the notification, whether it's the Composer and or API? What, what do you think that ends up happening in 2023, 2024? You know, it's really hard to predict the future. 
And, you know, I think it's worth noting, I have some some colleagues that I worked with at Google that are still working on Firebase. I have many partners that I continue to communicate with in Firebase. I love the team over there. I think they're doing great work and I hope that it continues. And I hope that Google increases their investment in the Firebase product suite. I think what we will see is probably a sustained level of investment in terms of the proportion of investment in different products within that Firebase suite. I think we're also starting to see some of the Firebase products become more tightly integrated with Google Cloud or, or with Google Analytics. So if you think about Firebase as this kind of you know, mobile-first API layer on top of Cloud Analytics and other parts of Google, I think there's starting to, some of that fabric is starting to erode. And it's not really clear to me what, what that means at this point in time. But I, for one, would love to see more investment here. I think that there is a huge value being provided to developers with the overall Firebase offering. But I would not expect serious investment in the messaging part or even like the, the crash analytics parts of the Firebase, you know, the things that aren't directly related to cloud, to analytics, to hosting, right, to functions, to storage, all of that kind of plays into those two buckets. If it doesn't really fall in one of those two buckets, chances are it's going to be mostly maintenance mode investment for the coming few years, possibly worse. Yeah. I won't ask you to pontificate on whether it gets shut down or not. Who knows? We both know lots of people at Google and there's a lot of projects and some things don't proceed forward. I think the thing with Firebase is it's used by such a large portion of the ecosystem and it is a very critical toolkit for mobile developers. That said, what would be your recommendation if you and I were starting out building an app? What would you be recommending to me for engagement and for notifications? What would be the solutions you would be looking at? And would we be considering Firebase cloud messaging? Well, I think for anyone starting a new mobile app code base today, right, you're going to want to pull in some kind of authentication or user service, a vendor. Um, Firebase authentication could be a kind of an easy choice. Although there are others like Auth0 uh, that provide an excellent best-in-class option. Some kind of security-related, error reporting-related SDK vendor service makes a lot of sense. You want to be able to track your usage. You want to be able to monitor crashes and, and have kind of best-in-class domain-specific implementation for all the nuances of getting that right on mobile are really important. And working with a vendor makes a lot of sense. And I think the same is true for communication as well. Communication SDKs, customer engagement SDKs, like OneSignal, for example, that really is a kind of a best-in-class option for kind of getting started really quickly with a mobile-first experience and having something that your marketing and growth team can focus on using to empower the, the user base to use more of the application and really provide a kind of full-featured marketing experience above and beyond just advertising, for example, which only goes so far, especially on mobile. Uh, and then finally, I would I would seriously consider some kind of mobile-first analytics SDK as well. Something best in class that really thinks heavily about that. There are a number of great ones here. I, I, there's too many to name a, a favorite, but there are a number of really best-in-class companies working on different kind of mobile-first analytics. And I think finding a vendor that works well for you, it works well with your particular 
particular user behavior and login kind of logistics is important. And uh, ideally, you find something that, you know, a set of tools here that play well with each other. And I think, you know, Firebase provides uh, that kind of out of the box across its suite, but increasingly you're finding the best in class choices for each of these categories are providing amazing integration and functionality that really kind of goes above and beyond by marrying kind of the focus that they get by thinking just about the part of the, the product that they're most interested in focusing on with kind of collaboration with other technology providers to, to provide something that really integrates well and creates a kind of seamless experience. Cool. Well, thank you, Jordan, for joining the podcast. It was a pleasure speaking with you. It's great getting your, your take on this. Got a wealth of knowledge. If you want to read more on on this, there's a blog post on the onesignal.com site. It goes into depths about history and, and various things. Jordan referenced it earlier. If you want to follow Jordan on Twitter, what's your handle? I am at Jordan M. Adler. Okay, there you go. On that note, if you enjoyed this, please subscribe to the One Signal Podcast. You referred a directory where in pretty much every place you could find it. Also, if you enjoyed the podcast, please provide a positive review. We, we appreciate that. And lastly, if you're looking for a best customer engagement software used by more than a million companies across the globe, start using OneSignal for free today. In the meantime, have a great day. Appreciate. Thank you. Thank you.